in a world where international super spies are taking over. Step aside, Connery. Move to the side, Roger Moore. There's a new pretty face in town. And his name is Gene Simmons. Who, Who let him in the booth? It's me, the star of the film. I'm here to narrate this trailer. Starring John Stamos. Gene Simmons. Uh, special appearance by George Lazenby. Don't forget about Gene Simmons from Kiss. And introducing the sultry vanity. Gene Simmons. You really, I, you need to stop this. Uh, uh, when a when a madman threatens to take over Los Angeles drinking water supply. That's me. That's who I play. Uh, 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 a young upstart CIA operative also played by Gene Simmons no it wasn't it was John Simmons get your hands off I'll take over I play all the roles if you're gonna go to this movie you just go to go see Gene Simmons forget about the rest you need to get out of that booth get out of that booth now I hear you calling that's not even his song. Security! Security! And I'm... No, 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 Jerry. I'm, I am not going back there until it is sprayed for all STDs and venereal diseases. You know when I pick a movie That's when I'm under pressure now The question always comes back to me What will they think? I hear you calling, and I'm not going home right now. Can't can't come home right now. Is he still in the booth? It's me and the boys <laughs> are slaying. And they're playing. Wait, they're, wait now he's singing they, the version from Role Models. They just can't find the, the, the sound. In <laughs> a few more hours. Okay, we get get no get out. Oh, Mr. Brendan, I help. He has nice platform shoes. I like to get platform shoes. Uh, come here, painty face, no, man. No, you get away from my shoes. Oh, they are such nice shoes. Oh, come back oh, here. Come, come, come see me, Losh. Okay, and we're just going to shut the door. All right. Let's, woof. Active, active morning this morning. Wow. Big, big start to the day. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought the movie... Movie voice guy and Gene Simmons would duke it out, and then Milos would chase him on out of here on his platform shoes. Why does he wear the the, the face paint like out in public now? Um, you know it's a really sad story. <laughs> okay, well that's maybe for a mini sode. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you know those things that we used to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm Brendan. I'm Nathan. This is what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> podcast about bad to questionable movies and this week nathan has blessed us with a little gem from the 80s that i am has a cult following but i'm assuming a lot of people don't even know what it is actually for for the longest time i thought i was insane and dreamt this movie <laughs> uh i saw it in the, like the mid to late 80s my dad rented it on on vhs and i didn't see i never heard anybody talk about it say anything about it i never saw it on tv or in any store where i p- could purchase videos um for i want to say at least a decade or more after i first saw it 
Well, and that might also be because this movie made $129.5 thousand dollars in wow. theaters. Um, uh, budget unknown, but I'm gonna but go out. I'm gonna go adventurously more than that. Yeah, <laughs> considering there were giant set pieces and bl- explosions. You you have you do have Gene Simmons now. He he probably was asking for some money there. Mm-hmm. Stamos was just starting to get some popularity with his Full House thing because this was supposed to be like a wasn't this supposed to be like a vehicle to get him propel him to that next level that never really he got to. Oh, it didn't work. No, not in the least. <laughs> also, don't forget about Vanity and oh. <laughs> a very quick cameo from Robert England. Yeah, Vanity uh, from the what the the Last Dragon. Oh, she's from so much '80s gold action. Yeah. Jackson. It's unfortunate what happened to her. Yeah, her her uh, her life really took a turn. It in did the, uh, in the in the in her golden years. She pulled the Ted DiBiase, and then her uh, her olden days caught up with her. Yeah, that's a, it's unfortunate. <sighs> At least we got the wrestling reference secured, though. There you go. Got yeah, it in. Silver lining. Silver Thanks, lining. Vanity. Your sacrifice mm-hmm. means our success. Not in vain. <laughs> <laughs> the fa- I want to apologize to the family of Vanity, who's obviously listening in right now. Uh, <laughs> um, you have my deepest sympathies. So Paul Entertainment presents Never Too mm-hmm. Young to Die. Yes. A movie that, from my understanding, uh, was designed to be uh, a new James Bond, but American. Uh, so we start off, of course, with an old James Bond uh, on covert tactical ops. Uh, he, we also find out that he is the father of our protagonist, uh, Stargrove, Lance Stargrove, and um, he, he meets his un- unfortunate end, um, and then, of course, Lance... Uh, through some, I guess I, I would actually say a comedy of errors in, in the most part, finds out that his dad was a super secret super spy, mm-hmm. uh, and he feels, you know what, um, I'm a gymnast, so I can just go on a a, a, a warpath of international intrigue yeah. uh, and avenge my father's death well, I mean, uh, by the hermaphrodite transvestite. <laughs> well, that's what they call him in the movie, but I'm not confident the movie knows what that is. <laughs> Well, don't they actually? Don't they say that he has both genitalia? They say he's yeah. half man and half woman, but I'm pretty sure he's just doing a drag queen thing. I, I thought at one point they had said that he had both genitalia; that he was actually a hermaphrodite. I mean, let's keep in mind this is what 1986. Yeah. So it, it, you can imagine, listeners, the representation of this is in 1986. So do with that what you will. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, it, it's kind of conflicting because. Uh, while the um, <laughs> Gene Simmons as our uh, Ragnar, our pro- our uh, antagonist, mm-hmm. uh, protagonist, if you listen to the trailer at the first of the episode, exactly, uh, <laughs> um, comes off as uh, very uh, ruthless and uh, cunning. Uh, but it is so. I feel that okay. Well, they're representing a, uh, a LGBTQ plus person in a positive light in that regard in 1986 but it kind of gets all thrown out the window when everything else takes place with mm. what that character does yeah so we'll, we'll get into that uh but like i said uh it's this, is John no, Stamos. this is no raw deal representation this is this is not a uh ahead of its time uh <laughs> no 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 um but it's 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 something and uh but as i said uh 
Lance Stargrove, our uh, international young man of mystery, uh, decides to go on uh, an avenge, uh, go on and avenge his father's death by helping out the people that he worked for. Hilarity ensues. And how? Yeah. Uh, so um, at first, uh, we start off with what looks to be a leftover set from um, a Motley Crue video, uh, <laughs> sp- specifically from their Shout at the Devil phase. Yeah, and and very like Mad Max esque too. Yes, and this is this becomes such a point of contention for me throughout this entire movie because they're dressed and acting like it's you know a a dystopian post-apocalyptic future and uh it's ruled by these gang of road warrior looking lord humonguses there's even there's a meth um a meth he-man in this movie which is going to be delightful when we get to that can we just call him he-meth i just i just called him meth he-man but he-meth works fine yeah (laughs) Um, but it's also very jarring because all the stuff that happens with um, Samos, uh, Lance Stargrove, uh, and all the other things that, are the, the, the people that his dad used to work for, all smack dab in the uh, mid to late 80s. Yeah, it's it's very mega force in that way. Yeah. Uh, I rem- yes, that, I was actually going to say that, and also uh, Cobra. <laughs> Yes, where we are, we're hitting the high notes this morning, aren't we? Holy shit! You know what I just realized? This is the second movie where a gymnast basically has to become a secret agent to avenge his father. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is Jim Cotta with some James Bond thrown in. Holy shit! Uh, if you guys out there haven't seen Jim Cotta, do yourself a favor. You're only living half a life if you have. <laughs> But yeah, so and and I guess this also starts the hilarity off pretty early, um, where G- we meet Gene Simmons as Ragnar. Ragnar, and yeah. and he talks about how he's gonna poison the water supply. <laughs> poison the water supply. I'm gonna poison the water supply for gold, for ransom, for jewels, for money. <laughs> poison, poison, poison. It's like, oh, okay, got the motivation right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the the evil, the rest of the evil plan about poisoning water supplies is, mm-hmm. is just straight up uh, villain buzzword words do. Mm. A lot of yeah, <laughs> a lot of buzzwords uh, buzzwords much like last week's film. Yeah, yeah, because especially when they start getting into the uh, the gadgets and the technology that the old Stargrove uses, um, he's. Uh, apparently he has a disc called the Ram K, which yes. I guarantee you someone just saw the words Ram and K on like a, the startup of a Commodore 64 and was like, that would be the name of it. <laughs> yeah, so he's basically, the whole crux of the movie is that he's after this like floppy disc mm-hmm. uh, because it has codes to the water supply? Yes. Okay. Uh, because if I can, if I can make some sense out of the the just slurry of words that he used about Don't describing. Don't have a stroke. <laughs> I'll try not to. Okay. We're gonna boil it down nice and simple. Uh, apparently, there's a contaminated water holding tank that can be somehow diverted so it actually will meet up with the uh, city's water. Uh, supply. Mm-hmm. It's uh, radioactive waste and whatnot. And I'm like, I, first of all, that's some poor civic planning right there. 
Yeah. Like, if there's any possible way in any conceivable notion that those two things could touch, you're doing your job wrong. Yeah, guys, our system is flawless. The only thing we have to worry about is if someone gets a hold of this floppy disk and flips the switch. Then we're all yeah. going to die. Yeah. So, um, he starts that, off by... That, that's essentially it. Yeah, doesn't he start off by, like... Um, they've caught, they've captured someone, uh, this well, yes. girl who like, uh, she was in his cult and, um, stole the Ram K, uh, yeah. and gave it to Stargrove, uh, senior, mm-hmm. um, played by, the, played by... The, the James Bond you all know and love. That's right. George, George Lazenby. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the. Timothy the... Dalton. <laughs> uh, but never too young to die. Um, we he the only way that uh, Ragnar manages to figure out uh, that Stargrove is involved at all uh, is because he for some reason gave this girl uh, a necklace with his family crest on it. That was a bad idea. Yeah, doesn't that does not seem like uh, one of the smarter moves that an international man of mystery would do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so he Ragnar rips the necklace off, and after he kills this girl with her with a fingernail that apparently has the tensile strength uh, uh you know like uh, of wolverine's titanium claws or adamantium claws um it's just like it's like a really long cocaine nail right but it's supposed to be like super strong because he, he like jugulars a couple people in the movie with it but then again when they actually show the effect of it it doesn't look like it's really going in that deep but people react as if it's like going through their entire torso yeah, <laughs> like it looks. You see a little bit of blood, and they're like, <laughs> "Um." So after all that, um, he he rips the necklace off and yells "Stargrove" because mm-hmm. now he knows because of again the poorly given uh, necklace. Um, and we start off with the theme song. Then you must put your trust not in a stranger. Playing your own game Do it your own way Keeping your own sound That you found going down Playing like you play Who knows what you'll find You may like it or not But all that you find, boy Is all that you got So good. One of the really great things about this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and so we find out that uh, through this uh, opening montage with this fantastic theme song that our hero, Lance Stargrove, is a gymnast. Oh, we, we watch him doing gymnastics for arguably 10 minutes. Yeah. And um, the uh, apparently the, the wrestling team guys uh, seem to think that he is gay because of it. Yeah, the wrestling guys, all, by the way. All three of them are wearing, you know, uh, tight-fitting stuff, and, and they're sweating in a gym. Uh, the only difference is that Stargrove's just, you know, he's he's flipping and flying around, sure, but the those guys are grabbing each other. <laughs> yeah, I d- so. I, yeah, I did find it funny. I think the movie is aware of the irony of the wrestling guys accusing him. Yeah, because there's but a lot. Like, there's enough homoeroticism going around in this this whole scene for everybody. Two movies in a row. <laughs> well, it's strong, right? I mean, it's, you, <laughs> when, once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> 
Well, and and I think it gets laid on even thicker here when we meet uh, Stargrove's roommate, who definitely wants to be with him. Oh yeah, there is some like there is some like unrequited love here. I know. So this this is what happened to Data when he moved away from Oregon. <laughs> It's a it's a Goonies sequel. There we go. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, because his, his it, it, oh my god, talk about stereotypes. The, the brainy like Asian roommate, yeah. um, who like knows all the is like helping Stargrove cheat on tests, mm-hmm. um, and 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 yeah, no, there's a weird like vibe where I think like if this was a movie made today, he would definitely be like trying to hit on him It'd all be the like time, pining for him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they, they, uh, as you said, he helps. Uh, oh, uh, Cliff. I'm not gonna start calling him Data. No, Cliff. Cliff um, hooks up our boy Stamos with the ability to cheat on his um, exams using, I guess, the world's first smartwatch. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like they're communicating in a two-way two-way wrist watch. Say that. <laughs> Um, and, uh, basically somehow, uh, Stamos, uh, is sending the, uh, I don't know if he's, is he sending the questions, um, or the equations I, to Cliff? I, I don't, I don't know because it was like, I thought they were like, um, I thought they were like, uh, elements cause one was like, O two and one was like C A or I don't know. It just looked like it was sending him like, uh. Like either compounds or like element signs or something. Yeah, he sent the answer back to him, but I didn't know if it, he actually sent him the actual like figure this out and send it back to me, or if they if uh, Cliff had a copy of the test and was you know had the answer sheet and sent just sent him back the answer so he could write it in. Surprised there was no payoff on that. He was just kind of like, yeah, he cheats. Big deal. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that the the two way wrist watch. <laughs> Didn't come into play again. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but apparently Cliff is probably the person who ended up writing the anarchist cookbook. Oh my god, his homemade flamethrower? Holy shit. He's like, one false move and it could blow the school up. And I'm like, you can't be here. Uh, eh, brightest minds in the world. Um, so, yeah. Um, and he, we also find, like, this is where you really start to see that Cliff is a tad thirsty for uh, Stargrove yeah. because he he wants to show him every little thing that he's invented uh, that he hasn't shown him yet. It's like, look at it. You like it, huh? You like it, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> um, so it, 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 it it's that throughout the movie with the with this guy. Yeah. Um, and then the the principal shows up and for some reason says at ease, man. Yeah, I I was I was perplexed when that guy walked in. I was like, is that their pro- is that their hall proctor? See, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt that he was uh, unnecessarily creepy. Mm. There was definitely uh, an, an air of, you know, future scandal about him. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the school again? Are we sure it wasn't? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh... Yeah, it was weird. It was like, it was like he just, he just kind of walked in like, no, he didn't even knock. He was just like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, well, which lets you know that he's either the um, you know he's he oversees the, their their dormitory or it's like the school principal or something like that. But uh, he's just there to talk about the upcoming Parents' Day, 
Um, and uh, Cliff's parents are going to be there um, because the parent, he makes a crack about them liking the trash food. And the principal's like, oh, great. I'll put them down for seconds. <laughs> and Cliff uh, is like, oh, no. Yeah. And then um, uh, Lance says, you know, of course, oh, my dad will be there this time because he has apparently is notorious for not showing up. Uh, the principal's like, oh, cool. Neat. I'll put him down or worse to that effect and leaves. And Cliff's like, oh, we're going to get to meet your dad? And he's like, is that the kind of face that you see at a parent's day at a college? And I saw the picture. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> it just looks like a dude. <laughs> it's like a middle-aged guy in a, a car that he maybe he restored. Uh, just in that kind of picture. Yeah, you see those guys at all kinds of uh, parents' days. Yeah, maybe if he had pointed to his dad and it was like, you know, Carrot Top or Yahoo Serious, then I'd be or like, yeah. if it was like his dad with... Like, you know, with a couple of women or uh, with some famous celebrities or something like that. Not just some guy in a car. <laughs> yeah. Um, that guy and owned so, a car and my dad posed with him. <laughs> and so we cut from that to actually seeing, um, you know, uh, old uh, George Lazenby in action dressed up as a Ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who are you going to call? James Bond. Well, it, it was so much so that at one point when we watched this and, and Patty sat through it with me, uh, there was like they cut to like all four of them. They, they were coming out uh, from behind a corner, and Patty was like, "Ghostbusters!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, no! Remember, it's bad movies." <laughs> it could be, yeah. Well, I mean, to her credit, it could have been Ghostbusters too. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um. And uh, this is where we get we find out uh, who I, is supposed to be our secondary villain, but it's it's fooling nobody. Oh, Dathan, oh, I, I might I might blow your mind a little bit. What? Totally didn't know the whole. Really? Movie. Yeah, I knew this time because I had already seen it. Yeah. But the first time I watched this, I went the whole movie, and when that twist <laughs> came up, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I I look back now and I and I'm like man I'm really stupid but but yeah no I did not know that this redheaded gentleman was a different character in the movie right and uh, Carruthers uh, is this character's name and we find that um you know he is in like MCA because he's got the sabotage <laughs> it's a mirage that's right. <laughs> This next part, we, they, I think the movie, uh, the director was trying to be, um, I don't know, clever. Uh, we see uh, Lance Stargrove going through his gymnastics routine, um, and it's mirroring what his dad is going through with mm-hmm. uh, at that time. Um, and as his dad is uh, killed in the line of duty, Stargrove falls from the, the parallel bars and... Uh, not the parallel bars, but the uneven beams, and uh, hits the hits the hits the mat. It's almost like they have like a Dragonheart like connection. Uh, I was gonna say Corsican brothers, but you don't know what that is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess I guess Dragonheart. I'm assuming same idea from Corsican brothers. Yeah. Well, the Corsican twins are. Uh, it's not so much that um, they both feel the same pain. So it's not like Gamera and uh, that that girl from you know Guardians of the Universe or Guardian of the Universe. Um, but, uh, more like if one got hurt, the other one would feel it. Oh, okay. But the other guy would not feel the pain. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Corsican brothers, let's do it. <laughs> There's a Cheech and Chong version, so we oh, may someday. Oh, there are. There is. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's why that sounds familiar. <laughs> yep. 
So, yes, unfortunately, um, Stargrove's dad is uh, is dead, and um, they hire some really terrible extras to be uh, at his funeral. I love uh, that's one of my favorite parts of of bad movies is the extras. Because you can tell when, like, the director gave them nothing to work with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know, stand there and look sad. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we do get, um, uh, we do get one last thing before, uh, sorry, before Stargrove's senior is killed. Uh, He actually talks to Ragnar and says something to the effect of, what designer drug are you on? Yeah. Now, I don't know uh, about I don't know about you. I mean, I grew up myself in the '80s, and I'd heard the term "designer drug" several times, but I'd never ever had anybody give me a specific example of what a designer drug is. I have no idea. I'm assuming, like, if I had to guess, it's like an like any like upscale drug, I guess, like ecstasy or something. Like, I don't see. I always, I always took it that they had like, uh, it always had a weird name to it. Like okay, hype or. Uh, or sliz or something like that. So like something that like James Franco would name off in Pineapple Express. Kind of. Okay. But <laughs> it's that's designer weed. But mm, <laughs> mm, mm. anyhow, I I I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, this is where um you know uh, like I said uh, he has his final confrontation with Ragnar. Ragnar kills him, and we find out that Ragnar is easily it must be the wicked witch. Uh, uh, sorry, the wicked witch of West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does he melt? No, no, just the huh? <laughs> he does the laugh is quite a, laugh. a cackling I, laugh. Yeah. I will say this: Gene Simmons fucking gives it in this movie. As much oh yeah, as he, this is way better than his performance in Kiss Me Sam <laughs> with the Park. Oh, it's night and day, and yeah. like. As much as I don't care for him as a human being, um, yeah, no, he's easily the best part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we go to the, um, the funeral scene and, uh, it's, like I said, the, the, the best extras, uh, money could buy for mm-hmm. that thing. And vanity. And vanity. Um, and it's, it's point where, uh, someone kind of, uh, notes to, uh, Lance that that was, that they, that was his colleague, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he's like, he always said, he says something where like, oh, dad always did all right for himself. It's like, is he complimenting his dad's ability to get trim? That's what I thought. Kind of weird. I was kind of blown away by the fact that it was revealed that that wasn't the case. Yeah. And, and then I thought to myself, like, no, she's lying. She definitely just wants to fuck two generations of Stargrove. <laughs> <laughs> There's so no she, way they didn't fuck, right? I, I'm I'm guessing not. I mean, I mean, well, when we get to see, we get to the farm in Ohio. And uh, and see what Lazenby's bedroom looked like. No man, yeah. he he nailed it for they, sure. They were doing it. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of farms in Ohio, Ohio, uh, this is where Stamos finds out that his dad had a farm in Ohio. Right. Because he he has now inherited it. Um. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go take a spin and go check it out. Luckily, he does because as he shows up, Vanity is tending to the horses. And meth he-man attacks. And another great line here is he tells her, and I quote, Fork over the Ram K, bitch, or we'll tenderize your butt. Fork over some Ram K, bitch, or we'll tenderize your butt. What? <laughs> yes. I was like, wow, it got aggressive at the, uh, at the beginning, and then it kind of turned into kindergarten by the end of it. 
<laughs> I did find it um, uh, interesting when uh, when they were driving in the limo and Stamos was finding out, finding out about the farm. They left the graveyard, but then all of the background, like the green screen as the car is driving by, it looked like they were, and unless they shot this on location, it looked like they were driving through like the worst area of town. <laughs> well, the graveyard is right next to uh, downtown Detroit. I don't know if you know that. Oh, well, I did. I was unaware. I yeah, was unaware. downtown. I, I just. I only know that it's it's cold in the D. That's <laughs> the only thing that I know. <laughs> I mean, this was 1986. It was not so, a safe place. So to cold be. in the D. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, St- Stamos enters the scene like a concerned parent, is what I wrote down. Because he comes <laughs> into the bar and he's like, what's going on here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, so this kind of breaks up the, um, the the standoff that's kind of happening. And uh, is it St- uh, Stamos fights with Matt He-Man for like a half of a five seconds it's like, it, and the other guy's just standing there watching it they they get they do get away and manage to get inside to get ready to arm themselves um or they run no they run the guys off and mm-hmm. then they get inside to safety um not before then, burning the barn down right and the horse runs out don't worry guys the horse is fine yeah 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 um the so they're they're talking in the um the kitchen and they hear some noise outside, and she grabs a sniper rifle from up above the stove yes. and uses it like a binoculars. <laughs> I just, I love, okay, I gotta say this also. John Stamos in this movie is a big weenie. Oh, yeah, 100%. And Vanity is killing it. I think she's great. She was smoking hot. And she's smoking hot, and she's just like, so much of a badass, especially compared to him. Like, I get he's not, he's supposed to be like a fish out of water, but the whole movie, I just was like, fuck, he's the worst. <laughs> yes. But yeah, she, um, she does just like casually grab that gun and is like, like fucking rear windows it with that sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, they, they do it to, for the effect in movies. I mean, they did it in what the second Jason Bourne movie as well. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Have, they don't actually fire the gun. They just use it like uh, a set of binoculars. But they could fire it, sort of thing. One of the first things that you are taught um, is to not use your scope as a binoculars. <laughs> Vanity did not attend that class. No, obviously not. Um, but I mean, I, I was only taking a class for hunter safety, not um, for international intrigue. See, that was just down the hall, Nathan. It was only five dollars more. It was five dollars more, but you know, I it was the 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 course was another three weeks longer than the hunter safety course. I'm like, how often am I going to jet set off to like Istanbul or Constantinople and and get into this sort of thing? But then, what happened two days later, Nathan? I jetted off to Istanbul, not Constantinople, because mm. apparently it's not a place anymore, and they're actually one in the same. Um, and of course, I was involved with some, you know, diamond smugglers, and I helped stop some human traffickers. But I didn't. It, it got hairier than it needed to be because I didn't have binoculars, and I refused to use the sight on my assault rifle as uh, binoculars because I was told specifically not to do that. Exactly. You never know. I suppose the lesson really here is, you know, pay the extra five bucks, take the extra three weeks. There you go. If we can mm-hmm. teach you anything, listeners, it's all of that stuff that we just said. 
the more you know. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so, Never Too Young to Die. Yes, that's the movie we're talking about. Yeah, it is the movie we're talking about. She gets the lowdown on where Ragnar is having um, his... I don't, I'm not sure. Like normally, they, they someone's gives gives a preferred pronoun in this case, but it's 1986. Let's just uh, say Ragnar. Ragnar. Okay. So Ragnar is doing their his. See, I got it. Yeah. It, I, I, I mean, the, okay, honestly, this is where Ragnar's show is taking place. There we go. Clever. That's right. Got around it. <laughs> um, so we go in, and uh, uh, apparently, you can just drive your motorcycle in and right up to the bar, and they'll give you a pint of oil and a pint of beer. That's don't mix them up. No, you wouldn't want to do that. You, that you that would be a terrible night. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Um, I think this is also the moment where she reveals like Ragnar's hermaphrodite, half man, half woman. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. uh, oh, okay. I thought it was just cross dressing, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I also wonder if Gene Simmons made them put that line in the script where she's like, "We're gonna go to the. I'm gonna go to the nightclub where Ragnar performs. He gets rave reviews." I, I guarantee you that that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he did. Um, apparently he did like uh, get a lot of uh, consultation from like actual drag queens on how to perform and like, you know, how to uh, to move his body and stuff like that. So apparently he did a little bit of research. Well, I, again, like you said earlier, uh, while we may not necessarily care for some of the things he does as a person he is uh a consummate professional yeah yeah straight edge and a consummate professional <laughs> but yeah yes man whore. <laughs> <laughs> hey calls it like he sees it um yeah. it's it's not just women who can do it both genders equality for all don't fall down off your soapbox. We're not covered for that sort of thing under our insurance. <laughs> Both men and women. All right. So never too young to die. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold on. The... I got some more stuff to say about sexual oh, politics. You know? Okay. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> This is where they're both out in their their club gear, and both of them have such a very '80s ensemble going on, and of course. Stargrove is being uh, hit upon by a very androgynous waiter mm-hmm. um, who also informs um, Vanity at one time that uh, to treat him right or that she will kill her. Mm. He will. Ki- I'm not sure. Again, androgyny. Um, Pat. <laughs> been a little bit better than Pat, I'd say. Um, the club itself, uh, obviously doubling for a Samantha Fox video. Um, oh actually i think my notes getting mixed up here i think they are no they're in the club and gene simmons is doing his like frankenfurter uh impression right right that's it yeah i did get my 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 pages flipped here just a second okay yep uh yes i do have the uh gene simmons floor show with the song yeah that swept the nation that year and the grammys uh fun made up fact (laughs) an interesting made up tidbit Exactly. Um, also, I I wrote so so just to, just to clarify, Vanity is here as kind of like a scouting mission, right? She's she's there to look at to find like Gene Simmons, see what he's doing, kind of get the kind of get the vibe on what's going on. Um, maybe like I know John Stamos is being a total prick in this scene, but maybe she shouldn't have like walked out. 
And, or pimp slapped him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it brought a little of attention to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, oh, and then John Stamos visits, visits Ragnar in the dressing room. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And, but we do get to see really quick before that meth, he man or he meth, as yeah. you said, is messing with, uh, starts to mess with the star Grove's bike. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I actually missed that setup. No, I saw that and I was like, what is he meth doing there? <laughs> well, meth, he man I had because I didn't, you know, but good, good call on the name. Thank you. Um, if they had kissed in this scene, I would have <laughs> lost it. Oh, like it, like doubled over in laughter. I would have killed myself laughing to John Stamos because he wants a an autographed photo mm-hmm. uh, of of Ragnar, and this is all just a a, a clever ruse of his to to plant a bubblegum listening device inside of a deer's eye. Uh, real things, real things are, have happened. It was either a deer or a horse. I'm not sure. Um, so he he tells Ragnar, "I'm a big fan," and says, uh, hey, "Can I get an autograph?" <laughs> to what Ragnar says, "I'll trade you for a kiss." And he's just like, "Oh man, if they had kissed." <laughs> oh no, he doesn't just say for a kiss. He says, "Trade for a wet kiss." Oh yeah. <laughs> And then his tongue comes out, and I'm like, do it! <laughs> Almost as gross as Eric Roberts' mmm sounds. <laughs> Cats like you, too. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's it's something. Yes, yes, it but is. But he, he does manage to make it out of the dressing room without making out with Gene Simmons. Right, and of course, um, Gene Simmons, uh, Ragnar is... You know, on to Stargrove's little tricks and starts walking around the room with a, um, a detector for the listening device and flushes it down the toilet and then laughs. He's, Ragnar is always laughing, just so happy. He's just having a great time. I can understand why Ragnar has a, a fall. Very charismatic. <laughs> very, very charismatic. He's just the life of the party. Hmm. Um, and, uh,. Oh, what do I got here? Oh, is next the... Oh, um, oh. before we move on, there's one thing that I really like in this scene is when... um, Because Ragnar is kind of on to Stargrove. Like, he he doesn't know that it's Stargrove, but he kind of figures it might be. And when he says his name is, like, what, Bill or something? And then... Yes, and then he goes, Stargrove! Yeah, he goes, Stargrove! Like, real quick to get get him to, to see if he'll turn around. And Stamos plays it off cool, but then he says, like... Hmm. Does that name the- supposed to mean something to me? And I'm like, dude, you killed it right there. <laughs> Except that he gave away the fact that he knew that it was a name. Right, that too. Why would anyone assume Stargrove is a name? Yeah, it sounds like a place where mangoes uh, grow. Like the correct, the correct response would have been like, hmm, what? What are you saying, Star? What? <laughs> what? No, that's not my name. <laughs> what? Look, I look. I already refused you on the kiss. You're not getting into my Stargrove. I'm just gonna tell you that. <laughs> that's that. That's that. That's that. Like V shape right above the crotch. Right. That's what. That's no, called. no. It's it's the it's the it's the anus because it looks like a little asterisk <laughs> or like or a star, and it's a grove. Like oh, a, you he know, wanted, uh, he wanted in that star growth. Right. Right. That's how he should have played it off. Stamos should have been like, no, it's no, I'm not, I don't want the kiss. You're not getting into my star grove. Can I have my autograph and leave, please? Live your best life, but no thank you. That's right. 
But anyway, I think we may have, hopefully we've just coined a new, <laughs> a new term for the anus, and it's the Stargrove. Don't put it in my Stargrove. <laughs> uh, she was really sweet, but she wanted to do Stargrove stuff. <laughs> I'm not really, like, I haven't really done a lot of Stargrove stuff, but I gave it a try because I have been doing some drinking. And I wouldn't do anything for love. But I won't do Stargrove. <laughs> or I just like the idea of someone listening to that Meatloaf song and being like, hey, you know that song's about Stargrove, right? It's about Stargrove, right? He's talking about Stargrove stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, good times. So so what happens after this, Nathan? Uh, let me get back to, my, back to my notes. I've been riffing on Stargrove for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, uh Stamos goes outside and he's accosted by uh, one of the drunken club patrons who decides he's going to take his bike because uh, he's a big, you know, burly, drunk biker guy. And Stamos is a preppy kid in a blazer and jeans. So he tries to start up the bike and Kaboomski explodes because he meth uh, set a bomb on it. Yeah. And luckily, there were some fire-conscious punks there to put it out so quickly, as quick as an ECW ring crew. Boom! That was really responsible of them. I it was, say. you know, they, I, I well, that's it's a it's a little known subgenre or subsect of the punk community is the fire safe punks. They always have, uh, you know, extinguishers and other forms of uh, of uh, of ways to douse fires. If God forbid one should break out. The fire safe punk sounds like the worst like Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> It's Jimmy. Oi, fire safety's cool. Their mortal enemy, the Human Torch. <laughs> right, even though he's supposed to be a good guy. Yeah. Oh God, he's so irresponsible. <laughs> oh my God. Um. Uh, this is what happens when we do, This is what happens when we don't have a guest keeping us in line. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I will say this, um, <laughs> the gangs themselves are absolutely based in reality because I remember back in the mid-80s, post-apocalyptic, shoulder pad wearing, meth looking, Mad Max, Hills Have Eyes, people were just constantly taking over New York and Los Angeles and Chicago. You couldn't throw a rock without seeing a news story about it. It was all over the place. All over the place. Um, they went to Studio 54. It was crazy. Right. Um, well, and then they get, and they have a, uh, they, they would have things like uh, these car chases and whatnot. Um, oh, and uh, also, uh, Vanity does get in some uh, sweet Christmas vacation action on this. And I don't mean she goes on Christmas vacation. I mean she drives her car under a, a semi-truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> Stargrove, by the way, is, like, looking for Vanity and finds her just, like, in the middle of the highway in the middle of nowhere. I thought, see, I thought he, no, he put a tracker on her car. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, no, he, okay. so with that, that bubblegum uh, uh, audio receiver is apparently also a bubblegum tracker as well. And again, she needs to save his ass because when he's following her, there's a bunch of, like, Mad Max thugs, and she has to be the one to, like, snipe them out. Yes. Because he's a weenie. Oh, he's absolutely, and, and so much so that when um, when she finally does save him, she says to get in the car, uh, and she's going to drive, uh, they're going to drive away. He, they. I know it's eighty yard, but it, it's. I hear, hey, my bike. 
because he left not his bike, not his bike, uh, Cliff's bike. Yeah, because he borrowed Cliff Cliff's bike. The, yep, he did. Mm-hmm. Because he asked Cliff if he could borrow his bike, and before he finished the sentence, Cliff was like, yes. <laughs> uh, but they get kidnapped at this point, I think. They get attacked and kidnapped. Yes. Uh-huh. And they start whipping Stamos's butt. Yes, and uh, these these people are they're they're rife with STDs. Mm. I mean, just you could you could you could smell the gonorrhea on them. I mean, I mean it's television, not smell vision, but I, I feel I could sense gonorrhea exuding from their pores. Yeah, thank God this wasn't the scratch and sniff Blu-ray because oh my God, <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, oof. Oh, time to time to scratch uh, square number five. Oh God. <laughs> 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 It smells like cottage cheese. <laughs> a gang, the gang straight out of Death Wish 4. They're just, uh, they're beating uh, him mercilessly until he sees uh, his his family medallion crest that um, I guess his dad just gave out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it inspires him. Uh, and he's filled with vim and vigor and does a kip up and starts kicking ass. But doesn't kill them. No, no. Which it, I thought was kind of, I, I thought that was kind of weird. Because he had control of, like, a gun at that point, right? And then oh he, he was just kind of like, get out of here! <laughs> he, like, Harry and the Hendersons them. Yeah. Well, he, he's not ready to kill just yet. <laughs> Go on, get! Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, doesn't he, he uh, during the fight, he throws one of the, the toughs into the staircase. And it's like, that's one of the reasons why... Rod iron staircases were so popular in the 80s because they were another form of home defense. <laughs> he also, like, after that fight, he also, like, grabs the medallion thing and he's like, hmm, I guess it makes sense that I just put it in the middle of these two random floorboards. Oh, I know. And during the uh, during the fight uh, and during all this, we get this terrible synth version of the theme. Uh so it's like Star. It's like the Stargrove song, but it's like it's, it's done on like a Casio keyboard. Two movies in a row with Casio keyboard action. You know what? Here's the thing: and the 1986 movie has full rights because those things were popular and delightful for every kid. Um, in 2013's A Talking Cat, no place for a Casio keyboard. <laughs> I still can't believe it was 2013. But anyway. I. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, yes, uh, 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 um, after the fight, um, Uncle Jesse becomes a fat shamer, um, to get the information out of, um, uh, the guys, uh, and, uh, I have one here that says one for good measure, so I'm guessing he, oh, when he ran them off with the shotgun, and just for some reason he shot the gun, the gun off up into the air after they were long gone and, like, skedaddling. Yeah, that's, that's what tough guys do. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then Cliff shows up with an insane outfit. Oh, did you notice when when he because you had said that uh, he had found the uh, just before Cliff gets there when he found the uh, the whole underneath of his dad's place because the 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 medallion knew exactly where to roll into the slot to or didn't roll into it like to be over it because it reacted to the medallion being near it. Yeah, and uh, there was a picture of LBJ and Kennedy. On the wall uh, downstairs, and I just I really wanted there to be like a one-off line about how Lassenby was the one who killed Kennedy oh. for 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 LBJ. Holy shit! 
That would have been great. But no, Cliff has to show up with his fantastic outfit. L- Lyndon, uh, you want to be president? Leave it to me. <laughs> Stargrove. Um, oh my god. Oliver Stone needs to digitally put that into JFK. <laughs> Just George Lazenby as the gunman. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I will say it was really considerate of the, um, the the Mad Max Hills Have Eyes gang to leave their bikes just out. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, so that they could find them easily and, and rescue her. <laughs> right. Because um, that's kind of what happens. Although she would have been cooked long before they shut off that oven. These are words that I'm saying that happened in this movie. Well, yeah, Let us explain. They, they, they try to burn her alive. Also... What's well, an interrogation? Yeah, just before that though, they cut to um, because Robert England is in this movie, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and I never thought I would say this in my entire life, Nathan, but Robert England and Gene Simmons have electric chemistry, <laughs> like sexual chemistry. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I believe this is the second Robert England movie we've done, and neither one of them have been Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, the other one, and the other one is him playing another weird supporting role, right? <laughs> they, they don't they also say to Vanity as they're about to like set her on fire, they're like, "Talk or burn, talk or burn." Oh yeah, he only says that like a dozen times because he keeps yelling at as the, as the temperature is rising in the oven that they have her in. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I actually have one point. It's at like they show us that it's apparently at 400 degrees in the chamber that she is in. I'm like, she's dead, she's dead now. Yeah, she's dead in minutes. Like, that would not they would have not have that much time to save her. Yeah, we we don't have time for Cliff to show up, say the very first, What's up? known to man, have his homemade flamethrower fail spectacularly. Yeah, he's, a, he's a real Randall Peltzer when it comes to inventors, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit. And then they show the temperature again, and it's almost at 600 degrees by now. <laughs> Ruin Grape, they pulled her out, and she was just literally just like a charred corpse. Well, I have this note here. At 600 degrees, my stakes are ruined. She's 1,000% dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so during this whole thing, uh, during this fracas, and, and everyone's starting to, uh, as they're running the bad guys off and trying to get away and things like that, there, there's like a PA standing on uh, one of the loading docks. Oh, Okay. I know it's a PA because he's one. He is not uh, Stamos or Cliff or Vanity. Oh, uh, like and a he's per- and he's not dressed as um, uh, as one of the Hills Have Eyes Mad Max gang. So there's just a dude from the crew. Just a dude. That, look, he would have to be because it's wow. a dude with there with um, a, a, like a trucker mesh hat back hat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a white tucked in shirt and a pair of jeans. Like just standing there, like on the on the corner of the screen, I'm like, oh, he's just a PA that got in the shot, and they didn't notice. And uh, so they do get away, and we get to meet our Robert Stack Lloyd Bridges hybrid, uh, who was going to basically um, uh, debrief them on what their their plan's going to be, how they're going to uh, draw Ragnar out, uh, so they can capture him. Um, and uh, basically, it's going to be they're going to use those two as bait. Mm. Yeah, this is this is kind of a wild plan. <laughs> yeah, and um, 
for half a second, I was like, this is what the house in A Talking Cat, uh, the lady's house in A Talking Cat, the- looked like in its glory days. Wait, wait, the house in what? A Talking Cat? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was confused. Easy to get I, that mixed up. Yeah, because it doesn't sound this. It, you, you'd be confused, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, is there another version of that movie? It takes on an entirely different connotation. So you think that mu- you must be talking of like a 2006 version of it. This, it <laughs> yeah. The, the, Eric Roberts one is the superior remake, of course. I think the one you're talking about is the original um, adult film version. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's almost a cat, but not quite. Yeah. It's a talking, and that's yeah. <laughs> Use your imagination, folks. That's right. Um, this starts off, by the way, the strangest seduction montage of all time. Oh yeah, but it's it's funny too because you can see uh, at what point her uh, "I'm gonna do him" face comes on, like comes <laughs> over her, like just the look on her face changes from just innocuous vanity looking to oh i'm gonna nail a stamos which i mean in defense of this scene i would also falter much like john stamos and here's the thing like i I don't know i don't understand why it takes him uh as much as it does if he's some sort of you know stupid pride about his his dad whole thing but man i would have boned her like a herring Well, and we so we should say so they're they're using them as bait, and they're both kind of like staying at this house, and it starts off kind of subtle, like she's like, you know, touching her legs, and he, he deals <laughs> yeah. with it by going in the house and and aggressively drinking Perrier water and aggressively eating an apple, getting apples, yeah, and then she straight up just strips naked and starts pouring a hose all over herself and it's like like so, like it's a white snake video or something yeah like laying it on just a little thick and john stamos is like fuck we gotta i guess we gotta have sex now <laughs> and and they do oh yes they do and um uh i guess they do it a few times and then uh they show up with doppelgangers uh, and I have a note here, actually, that is the worst beard I've ever seen. And, of course, I'm talking about vanity. <laughs> the, how did they find doppelgangers that quickly? Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's the CIA. They're supposed to, if we're supposed to buy into the fact that, uh, that they have uh, doubles of everyone at the go. Okay. Uh, so they can have this sort of international intrigue uh, go off without a hitch. Yeah, so so Carruthers, who we already know is a bad guy from the opening mm-hmm. scene, but nobody yep. else knows. Um, yeah, he shows up, basically his plan. He says, like, I'm going to go check on them. But he actually brings over those doubles, like you said. Um, and they switch places with uh, Stargrove and Vanity. And then yep. when they're all in the chopper, <laughs> Carruthers <laughs> looks over at them and he's like, he starts ripping off his beard and it's fucking Gene Simmons. Carruthers? Like, I don't know how I didn't know. And it's, it's funny, like, you say that, too, because, like, if you watch it back, um, the first time you see it, you're like, how did I not see it and or hear it? And at the same time, I wonder if I would have watched it and been like, oh, so he's just playing two characters. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's weird that they didn't just go with Carruthers was like an, uh, like a, like a, what do you call it? Double agent? Yeah. Um, rather, like, he had to also be Ragnar. Like, I thought that was a weird, a weird uh, idea to go with. But, hey, you know, what are you going to do? 1986. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's Ragnar, and he's like... And he's like, he's basically like, we got you now. And they drive the helicopter off with Vanity and Stargrove in tow. Yep. Uh, straight to the Shout at the Devil uh, video stage again. Hell yeah. And I wrote down, how much was Vanity paid after that Gene Simmons kiss? Not enough. Oh my God. And I'll say this, Ragnar missed uh, his, uh, or her, whatever the preferred pronoun is, mm-hmm. uh, calling in, as a motivational speaker. Oh, yeah. That speaks. Listen, was slimy wild. scum, my delicious slugs. And then, by the way, he throws he pills out to everyone and says, placebos for everyone. You're not supposed to fucking tell them they're placebos. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> you, you tell them, it's like, oh, these pills will get you super high. And then you quietly put away your bottle marked placebos. Yeah, yeah, so they, they keep following you because they think you're giving them drugs. Exactly. I, I will say this. Uh, one of the guys in this scene uh, in the uh, Hills of Eyes Mad Max gang had a really sweet, like, by hawk going on. I, I had nothing but compliments for that guy. <laughs> and, and Stamos gets to uh, gets to have a real Indiana Jones moment here, too. Yes, because we find out that uh, Hemeth, uh, his character's name is Pyramid, apparently. <laughs> I don't know why. And I think he's Ragnar's lover. Is it? Yeah, I, okay. There there seemed to be a, a thing where he, he like he was like holding him by the hand by the by the shoulder or whatever. Uh mm-hmm. Stargrove mentioned, "Oh, your boyfriend." And he I don't know. It looked like okay, it's just like a like a kind of a, you know, homophobic joke, but then it kind of looked like they were an item. Okay. Well, <laughs> you were watching it for further evidence, were you? Yeah, I'm 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 kind of glad David Dakota didn't direct this movie. Look, dude, I will I will subscribe to your uh your third podcast that's all about this. Uh, okay. They're all about it. <laughs> Every episode dives into the relationship between Ragnar and Hemeth, <laughs> aka Pyramid. Oh, how great would it have been if he had been in it in Masters of the Universe instead of Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> oh my god. It would have been off-putting and and not on character at all, but sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like Masters of the Universe. Yeah. So, we, oh, this is where we find out, of course, that the, um, uh, the bike is, uh, that's where the disc is being hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Cliff won't let the, uh, the text anywhere as near his bike because it's super custom and everything like that. And, uh, uh, Ragnar figures it out. Uh, I have a note. They use this exact gag, uh, in the movie fled later. So at the very least, this obviously inspired that movie directly in which movie fled coming soon. Oh, I, okay. (laughs) You've never heard of no. Oh, let me tell you a tale of Lawrence Fishburne and Stephen Baldwin on the run shackled together. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? You never. Oh yeah. Never oh. even heard it was a thing that existed. Give me one hot moment. I'm gonna put that on my coming soon list. <laughs> wow. 1996. Salma Hayek. Will Patton. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um 
Uh, I will say this. It was bootleg worthy when I was a kid. Okay. Had a copy uh, of it. 16%. It qualifies. <laughs> Sweet deal. <laughs> it's on the list. But never too young to never die. Never too young to die. Um, the, the gag that I'm talking about here, of course, is, is that there's a, uh, the disc is hidden on the bike. But then Stamos, Indiana Jones, uh, he meth, because he basically yes. does this, you think there's going to be a huge fight scene and he just fucking shoots him. Yep. Um, and then, uh, Ragnar runs off to be with his lover, Robert England, mm-hmm. who tells him like, just take this briefcase and you can remotely set off the contaminant thing with the water supply ram or whatever yeah Yeah. and so he's like great idea and takes (laughs) off (laughs) yeah guitar lick and then (laughs) and then drives off in a big rig and apparently it had wi-fi in 1986 oh i love the fact that he drives off in the big rig and he like stops and tries to set tries to start the detonation and it's like need to be 200 meters and he's like oh (laughs) God, <laughs> I, I will say this about uh, Ragnar and the character in and of itself. Um, it's probably the best treatment we could hope for for an LGBTQ plus character outside of a John Waters movie at this time. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't there 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 was less. There's less homophobia than I expected, for sure. Well, because I mean, think about it. I mean, the character is is the is the main antagonist mm-hmm. uh, or protagonist. If you again listen to the trailer at the first of the episode, <laughs> um, clever uh, enough to de- de- at least devise a word stew plan to poison the water supply for gold and money and jewels and fun. Yeah. Um, but also that there are clearly people who are attracted to Ragnar in mm-hmm. the movie. So, I mean, it's it, it, when you get right down to it, uh, I mean, we're, we're in a real Ben and Arthur type situation. This is a stealth uh, 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 pro-LGBTQ um, plus rights movie. Hey, Sam Marovich, remake it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, so he finally, get, like... Ragnar finally gets to the bridge and he's about to set it off. And of course, there's a three minute timer, mm-hmm. as any 80s movie or any fucking movie, really. Any movie, yes. Yeah. So there's got to be a timer. Yeah. But then uh, Stargrove shows up and they have their big showdown. I love that <laughs> there's, a, there's a part where he rips down oh his my shirt. Oh, my God. And it's supposed to be like, it reveals like his, his well, I guess his, his boobs. It's supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, memories, like, breasts, like, a woman's breasts. But it's just, like, obviously just Gene Simmons' chest. And it even though I knew that, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> it kind of still shocked me a little bit. Well, no, they, they do it, and they try to present the, uh, the, the initial shock or show uh, to be, like, oh, it's, they, they, Ragnar has breasts. <laughs> uh, but then in the, in the rest of the shots, you don't see them really at all. And of Oh, the biggest part uh, that gets off, you see the fucking seventies shag carpet that uh, Simmons has uh, for chest hair that you didn't see in the initial reveal throughout the rest of the shots. <laughs> Inconsistency, <Unsettling>. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what I do like is when when Stargrove finally like you know gets the upper hand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ragnar switches to a woman. Using well, no, using his his or her 
uh, feminine wiles. Yeah. Uh, as half man, half woman. I, I don't know that that's what a hermaphrodite means. No, it doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> it doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that you're split right down the middle. Um, it yeah. just means that uh, you have, you know, both female and male genitalia. Yeah. Uh, you could actually uh, go through your entire life in that situation identifying completely as male or female. You don't have to be like Ragnar. Yeah, you don't have to be like Ragnar, guys. Don't feel the pressure yeah. to be like Ragnar. Right. Um, uh, I thought it was fun uh, in the next bit that Vanity apparently got a hold of John Candy's gun from Armed and Dangerous. Yeah. That thing was <laughs> that huge. Gi- gigantic gun with the sight on it. Oh, my God. She now as, as badass as she is, anytime she holds a gun, I'm just like, you look uncomfortable. Oh, and also the the kickback looks like it should throw you at least five yards back. Yeah, she should have like shot it and then immediately fell off the cliff and be like, "Wow, that's a pretty tragic ending for that character." <laughs> well, well, at least we stopped Ragnar. So yeah, um, <laughs> gave her life to save others. Um, so during all of this, where um, they're having their little, I guess, monologuing back and forth to each other, and it's it's a weird set of monologuing. Uh, someone ye- someone says the title that would be uh, Ragnar, who tells uh, Uncle Jesse that indeed you are never too young to die. Thank God Mariah was not beside me. Oh my God, she would have you know, broken your ribs. Yeah. Uh, but the, the whole thing it's delivered in a very Ultimate Warrior esque promo. Like it made no sense. It was hard to follow. <laughs> uh that's most of his speeches <laughs> this is true this is true uh, although we did get a really sweet head scissor takeover um to to you know to wind this all up yeah. because uh samos uh swings up does the head scissor takeover and takes out throws ragnar over the the dam a hilarious dummy fall oh yeah <laughs> like the fakest <laughs> thing ever and uh he can't he can't uh was it he can't um he can't no can't defuse it yeah he can't defuse it so vanity throws him like cliff's shitty fireball gun that doesn't work quite right well it's got like a 50 50 like it's worked as half as much as uh it's failed so he tries to shoot the suit the briefcase with the gun and it doesn't work he he gets the whiskey dick yeah yeah and then (laughs) He just throws them both up in the air, and so they collide and explode. In the by the way, he throws them in the same direction, but then when it cuts to them, they're like coming at each From other, opposite directions. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> and then boom, saves the day. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, why do I have this here? Oh, uh, I think they're they're talking uh, about him. Um, and being complimentary, and they're like, Stargrove's kid. I'm like, yeah, you know, Stargrove's kid. Stargrove. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, because they, uh, they, um, they, uh, they, they talk about him being, like, his, his father's son, and, and doing his, 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 uh, carrying on his thing. I, and I'm just, ima- I was said I was imagining, um, guys talking about, you, who, who, you hear who did that? They said, yeah, it was Stargrove's kid. Stargrove's kid? You mean Stargrove? Because they're referring to each other constantly in their last name. They don't <laughs> use the first names. I, like I said, we barely find out that you know his name is Lance. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I heard it like twice. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm like, oh my god, there's gonna be so many sequels. Just the way they're ending it, they're making it sound like he's gonna do. And then he drives off, but then he decides he gets got to go back and he's gonna pick up Vanity because you know he does want to go out with her and stuff. Yeah, but then he also like, 
<laughs> he also basically like it's like that ending where you think he's gonna be like, you know, here's your next mission, but he's like, I'm going back to school. <laughs> yeah. But then you could tell that you know he wasn't totally just going back to school because he goes back to pick up Donja. Oh yeah, he's like, I'll take vanity, mm-hmm. but pass on that next mission. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like, uh okay, the adventure doesn't continue, I guess. <laughs> and as they're driving away, uh there's dialogue with uh with Donja, Vanity, mm-hmm. uh asking uh, you know, about the suppleness of, of Ragnar's breasts. Oh, see, I thought when she said, did you get a good look at Ragnar? I thought she was like, make sure he's dead. <laughs> no, no, no. Talking about because he tore down the, pulled down the, the, the top. So there you go. So Stamos has got to wrestle with that for the rest of his life. Yeah. And that's uh, Never Too Young to Die, which uh, unfortunately did not get the uh, uh, the James Bond-esque run of sequels uh, that it may, may or may not have deserved. No, no, no. One and done. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm just saying, if there can be six or seven blood fists, there could have been a couple more Stargrove movies. Good lord, I don't even know what one blood fist is. You've never heard of blood fists? No. Oh my god, Brendan, that's oh that that's a year's worth of small screen shamefuls is, alone. Is that the name of Jean Claude Van Damme's right hand in Bloodsport? <laughs> no, unfortunately, it is not. Oh. Uh, it is just an awful, awful uh, pale imitator to Bloodsport. oh dear yeah. well nathan never too young to die yeah would you uh recommend this one um yeah on the point and laugh level yes okay uh yeah this 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 movie's pretty fucking insane so it, it's it it doesn't make me angry to watch it so mm-hmm. uh i would say yeah go ahead have a good time yeah it's it's real dumb and real uh Real ridiculous, and there's yep. there's hey, Vanity's boobies are in it. Yes, so there you go. And there, that's a plus. Right? That's you know. a that's a that's a perv approval for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, well we're gonna take a brief break, and we'll be right back. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What Were They Thinking? And we're back. Yes, yes, we are back. (sighs) Sorry, I was just thinking about Gene Simmons' titties. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not appropriate language Gene for NPR. Simmons pectoral muscles. I would have also accepted mammary glands by using the appropriate uh, mm. uh, anatomical correct verbiage. Um, that is, uh, that's acceptable on NPR. Oh, okay. Well, I uh, want to apologize to our sponsors for my brief outburst. Okay. I'm, I'm sure it'll be, it'll be over. It is time for the low haiku. 
Yes, the low haiku, uh, 17 perfect syllables to encapsulate the movie that we we just spent the better part of an hour talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think I'll start us off this week. So S- please proceed. S- switch it up from last week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cross-dressing, Mad Max, Stamos's Bond, Wiener Bond. Stargrove, Stargrove, yeah! Very good, very, very good. Uh, there's, there is um, a, a similar theme uh, to mine. Okay. Um, but it's just at the first, so I think I will. You'll notice it when you hear it, though. <clears throat> Stamos, the next Bond. Hermaphrodite, the villain. Where are my sequels? Yes, yes. I think we solved Oof. it. Nailed it. That's Nailed it. Just that's... like the Netflix show. Mm. No, no, we did a good job. Oh, oh, oh. Th- <laughs> for some reason, I forgot the premise of Nailed It for a moment. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's a good show. Oh, I know what you mean now. <laughs> yeah, the, the results aren't good. That's no. why it's funny. Yeah. Watch mm. Nailed It on Netflix. They're not a sponsor. Um, we talked about this movie, Nathan. Oh, we did. What do we always say? Well, other than you're never too young to die, we always say... Don't take a word for us! That's right, folks. Don't take our word for it. Um, however, much like last week... <laughs> The uh, we don't have a critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes for this thing because nope. I think there's, there's one. One, yeah. Uh, so the critics rating is not applicable. The audience rating is almost fifty percent. It's forty nine percent. Yeah. So pretty close. So I think there are. That's a mixture of. Uh, well, actually, I think we have a lot of ironic reviews here. <laughs> probably, and I think even our critic review is is probably uh, in that area too because it was posted. Uh, from the Film School Rejects uh, on March 2nd of 2018. Okay. Uh, so Brian Salisbury. Steak. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, heir to the fortune, obviously. <laughs> uh, writes, in addition to Gene Simmons' insane but somehow captivating in a way that will cost my therapist thousands of hours his life performance. That's all hyphenated, by the way. Yeah. There is also a cameo from... A horror icon that makes Never Too Young to Die worth this sentence. Robert Unglund. See, it's he's being a hipster. I do kind of like that review. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's just get right into the your favorite part, the audience reviews. Oh, let's get right into it. And I'm going to just ahead of time let people know I did grab a few from IMDb because this was a difficult one. Mm-hmm. But um, my, I do have one from Rotten Tomatoes here, audience review. Uh, from Ross L. A young John Stamos versus hermaphrodite Gene Simmons. Perfectly bad in a good way. 2008 movies, 147. Three stars. What? <laughs> I, I got it. I, I read it for the twist ending. Had me right up until the end there. Yeah. Uh, well, Dave J. gave it uh, one and a half star. Um, and there's kind of a rundown more over than the plot. Uh, it concerns a transvestite leader of his own pack named Carruthers. 
<laughs> right away, we're wrong out of the gate. No, that's not his name at all. <laughs> it's yeah, it's Ragnar. Uh, sought for a floppy disk for the purpose of contaminating the water supply. George Lazenby has a small role as the hero's father, Drew Stargrove, who is really a secret agent. With Lance Stargrove, John Stamos, totally oblivious, oblivious to who his father really was, rip off from every action released much of the 1980s from Mad Max to James Bond movies. Wow. Yeah. That was uh that was a uh that was a mess. I'm with you in spirit, Dave, but uh I if we could if you could reach out I I'd be more than glad to give you some grammar and, and syntax uh <laughs> tips. So this IMDb review is titled I don't know what the others are thinking, but this film is the fat spelled P H P-H-A-T? Yep. (laughs) Pretty hot and tempting. Exactly. This movie is the great. I don't see how anyone could sit up and possibly say anything like some of the stuff I've read about this film from the other comments. Take it from me, a true non-biased critic, that this movie, Never Too Young to Die, is a great action film. Gene Simmons (laughs) is awesome, plays the hell out of that hermaphrodite role. Vanity, beautiful and wonderful acting. Stamos is okay, but would have preferred to see someone else play the role of Stargrove. This mm. film is a spy flicked, full of action and surprises. You also get to see Vanity half naked. That's that's makes you want to watch it even more. Take it from me. If you like action movies with a twist, this is perfect. If you like deranged, strange, unique movies, go out and rent this right now. 10 out of 10 stars. And as Brent would say, 13 of 18 people found it helpful. <laughs> well, I got a two-star review from Tim S. And it's it's lengthy, but if you'll bear with me, okay. I'm going to go through it here. Uh, for those who've never seen Never Too Young to Die and might be going to see it at some point, let me prepare you a bit. This is the mother of all bad 80s action-oriented movies. Not only that, but it's hilariously good fun. There's no going back after witnessing Gene Simmons as a cross-dressing maniac out to conquer the world by poisoning its water supply. The first line of this movie goes something like, Good evening, my little turd balls. I mean, wow, come on. How can you not just sit up and take notice after a line like that, especially as it's being delivered by Dr. Frankenfurter? I mean, Ragnar. Anyways... It's also fun to watch John Stamos trying to be an action star. The movie is just full of horrible things from top to bottom, and I highly recommend seeing it, especially with your friends. It's not in print, but if you look around a bit, you should be able to find at least a VHS copy of it on eBay. Trust me on this. It is worth it. Two stars. (laughs) Rave review until the end. Okay, like I'm gonna say this: if you're going to unapologetically say that you love it because it's so ridiculous, have the balls to at least give it a five or four star review. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one doesn't have a rating, but it says, "Okay, <laughs> this this first part is what sold me on this review." Okay, I'm not actually through with the movie. I'm about halfway through, and I have to tell everyone to buy it. John Stamos' father is a secret agent murdered by a gang of weirdos who want a disc that tells how to poison the city water supply. John inherits a farmhouse and discovers what his father's work was as he finds all kinds of weapons and gadgets in the farmhouse and is pursued by the same bad guys as his father... 
who also left behind a pretty partner who knows how to shoot. There are motorcycles, kisses, and more. And they haven't even finished the tape. And three out of eight people found that helpful. Okay. Uh, well, Kurt A., I don't necessarily think... Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he watched the movie, or he. This might have been at a time when he was suffering his concussion. I was going to say stuff. Do you think he watched the movie with a broken freaking neck? Probably. Okay. Um, but didn't get around to reviewing it until February eighth of two thousand and ten, <laughs> and uh, also previous to that on October twenty third, two thousand and nine. Oh, okay. There are the, I, the exact same review with the exact same rating from Kurt A are one on top of each other, one from October 23rd of 09 and one of February 8th, 2010. It was a rough period. <laughs> I guess. So, and it's it's verbatim too with it, punctuation and all. Gene Simmons in drag runs a post-apocalypse band of ruffians that only John Stamos can stop. Oh, untrue. Yeah, all of that is is untrue except for the only Stamos can stop them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I thought you were. That's it. Up. No, that's it. That's that's. The, yeah, the, although I could, it counts as two reviews because they're right on top of each other. <laughs> All right. Um. So this one on IMDb is uh, ten out of ten. It says, "Wow, great movie for the nineteen. This is the title of the review. Wow, great movie for the nineteen eighty six year I was born. I didn't write this, by the way." Um, I just bought this and can't stop watching it. I love Gene Simmons. I'm a big fan of him and Kiss. Seeing him as half man and half woman was hilarious. Probably not the right career move. Um, Okay. But it's a good movie even to watch now in 2006. Well, Gene Simmons plays two parts. One as Carruthers and the other as Velvet Von Ragnar. Um, Untrue, but okay. He's the same person. Weirdly enough, though, during the end credits, he's credited as both roles. (laughs) But anyway, um, it will have you thinking what's going on next and maybe at the end of your seat. Well, maybe not at the end of seat, but still it's Gene Simmons, so you got to love it. Hope you enjoy. I sure did. Well, still do. Oh, and there is a sex scene with John Stamos and Vanity. Doesn't show much, but it does show some of Vanity naked. I don't think this is a good movie for kids under 17 So to see because there is blood and such too. A lot of violence. Well, not a lot. About average. Dude, proofread your fucking review. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. He went back on every comment. <laughs> um, Michael O., Gave it five stars Mm -hmm. um, and writes this. Let me break down why this movie is fucking awesome. John Stamos plays himself as he tries to stop a power-mad hermaphrodite, Gene Simmons, complete with fake tits, from taking over the world. You're going to get mullets galore, ninjas, Barbarians, Robert Englund, uh, a sometimes coked up vanity, a really out of place George Lazenby cameo, a plucky Asian sidekick, and Gene Simmons trying to seduce Stamos with his super creepy special effects hermaphrodite boobs. I what? So unbelievably bad it comes back on itself and ends up in Citizen Kane territory. Have mercy. What the fuck is he going on about fake boobs? I don't know. Or John Stamos playing himself. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I'm guessing he's just saying that he's just, he's not acting. He's just acting. It's just John Stamos, but someone's calling him Lance Stargrove. The fake boobs is weird too, though. Did he suddenly cut to like the scene from There's Something About Mary? Like, 
<laughs> I saw zero ninjas. I'm, I'm just going to say that too. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember ninjas at all in this movie. Uh, we can, yeah. we can, we can check with our, our friend of the podcast, Sam Furstenberg though. Well, we could, or you know what? He, he may be uh, uh, mixing up this and Jim Cotta where there were flag ninjas. Mm, yes. Jim Cotta. Mm-hmm. Again, watch it. <laughs> all right. I've got one more here. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, titled the love making song. Stargrove, do it in my Stargrove, Stargrove. <laughs> um, and it reads as such. I'm pretty sure the song in the lovemaking scene with Stargrove and Vanity is by D.D. Bridgewater, but does anybody know what the title of the song is? If you do, please email me at ktownplaya2k5 at yahoo.com. Thank you very much, by the way. The best part to me is where Stargrove is getting beat up, then sees his father's coin, and then starts to whoop some butt. Hey, this movie is cool, man. And another part for me, another good part for me is what is when, if I remember right, Stamos and Vanity were having a car chase on the highway. It's been so long, but I remember watching this movie so many times when I was little back in 1987. They used to play it so much, it ain't even funny. But anyway, if anybody loves this movie as much as I do, email me 7 out of 10. So he'll send me his email later. <laughs> And also, like, there was no, there were commas, but there was, like, no other punctuation. So that was difficult to read. I need, I need to, I have, I have some questions. Yeah. Um, uh, I know it's your, your week to have questions, cool. but I have questions. Does, does K-Town 2K5, is that K-Town was? Playa 2K5 K-Town at Yahoo.com. Uh, does he, does he not know how to just roll through the end credits? That's... Yeah, um, also there's a thing called Google and mm-hmm. IMDb, which is the thing he's posting on. Right. Um. <laughs> there's literally a soundtrack section of every movie. Also, I want I need to know what their, his cable provider was back in 1987, because as I said at the beginning of the episode, I thought I had dreamt this movie for the longest time. Wait, Nathan, is that your email? No. Okay. Because I, I would not, I would not have said if he he says directly in the in the review that they played it all the time. Okay. Back then, and I like again, I saw it once and did not hear hide nor hair of it until at least probably a decade later. I'm gonna see if we can get K Town play a 2K5 as a guest next week. I'd appreciate that. At the very least, reach out and ask him about it. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, really struggling with the idea if I should email him. Just just saw your uh, review on IMDb, and we love it as much as you do. Uh, our podcast co-host just wants to know who uh, you had for uh, a cable provider uh, back in the day. <laughs> I hope he still has the same email from 15 years ago. With much regards, what were they thinking? Slash Brendan and Nathan. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Oh, you got any more? No, uh, that's uh, he sent me on to into a spiral of preponderance. <laughs> well, thank you very much, K Town Playa, two K five at yahoo.com. So those are the reviews. Um, now, because we did we uh, we changed it up a little bit, I had two in a row, so now it's Nathan's turn to have two picks in a row mm-hmm. because we did the whole small screen shameful thing um, last week. 
So, Nathan, what do you got in store for us next week? Why don't you drop that hint like it's hot? Okay. Wow, they'll even bleep German swearing on network television. There you have it. On that note, would Montrose Monkington like to come in and say a few words? Absolutely, he would. Okay. Hello, it's good friend Montrose Monkington the Third here, and I would uh, I would not say that I have better hair than John Stamos, but I do have a better YouTube channel. Uh, that is Montrose Monkington TV uh, on YouTube, and you can also be friends with me on Facebook. I have a group, uh, Montrose uh, the Friends. Sorry, uh, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends. There, I got it. That one. <laughs> uh, you can also uh, tweet it to me. Um, although, uh, again, no opposable thumbs, but I'll, I will do my best. Uh, at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. Thank you. More later. Thank you once again, Montrose, and uh, best of luck on your travels with uh, uh, your cousin Ben. Hey, oh, yes. Oh, he, he, such a fine chap. I had such a good time with him last week. Although, uh, uh, I, you will be happy to know uh, that the charges were dropped, uh, and that nice lady did get her shoes back. Oh, thank God. Wait, Milos came with you? Uh, yes, yes, Milos came with me. <laughs> oh, no. Don't frame him again. I have to, I have to go now. Uh, thank you. More later. Oh dear. <laughs> the we uh, l- listen. I I I plead the fifth on this one. Uh, I don't even know what he is on. I, look, you know, he made it. He got back in. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna quarantine for a bit because apparently he crossed uh, some international boundaries. I'm not sure. Oh dear. Um, I mean, so. I mean, we had a little loosening of the restrictions today, but Montrose went a little overboard. I think at least here anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. definitely not in jolly old England. No, um, but I mean, he was, he was supposed to be here. Yeah. yeah. With, with Ben Monkington. <laughs> it's a weird, weird, weird timing, uh, for them to go out drinking on the town. <laughs> Well, yeah, I feel they jumped the gun a bit. Yeah, uh, and I, I hope I hope everybody else doesn't do that. Yeah, don't do that, guys. Be smart. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, you can find our podcast. Obviously, we're on all the podcatchers. You know, I'm gonna stop saying it because if you're listening right now, you know where to fucking find us. Um, on uh, on, on podcatchers. Hey, I'll I'll say we're on Twitter and Instagram at mm-hmm, WWTT Podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Podbean because that's our home base. We are a Podbean. WWTT Podcast Podbean dot com. And you know whatever podcatcher you use, we're probably there. Just search if, what we're if thinking. we're if we're not, let us know. Yeah, let us and know. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. We'll uh, we'll we'll figure that. We'll you know break a few kneecaps and uh, get get our podcast on there. Because I, I ain't lying. I mean, I, I'm going to say this. I, I have a few podcatchers that I've used, and there are other ones where I, I do not care for this one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other times where I was like, this one's really good, but I can't find that podcast that I usually listen to. It's Maybe true. I should reach out and let them know. It's true. Just let mm-hmm. us know. You can let us know on Facebook. What were they thinking? We also have a Facebook group. What were they thinking interactive? Twitter. It would be a great place for you to interact with us. Yeah. In regards to this. We're also on, uh, like I said, Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. You can tweet us. You can DM us. DM us. <laughs> you can DM us. DM us worthy. Um, <laughs> dirty mouths. <laughs> slide into our dirty mouths. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. If you're a current patron or, um, you know, you become a patron, 
um, in the next little while. I don't know when it's going to be. I think I posted that it was within the month, but I'll probably just ex- I'll just probably just say you know if you become a patron in the next little while, um, no matter what tier you're at, you can uh, pick a movie for a future episode. So keep that in mind. Um, if you haven't given us your pick yet, please do so. And if you've just become a patron, shoot us a message. Pick a movie. As long as we haven't done it and it's not Salo or a Serbian film. Um, and as long as we can find it, uh, we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are lifting the restriction. <laughs> See what I did there? Hey. Uh, on uh, theatricals. So There you go. Come at us with whatever you got, bro. Come at us. <laughs> hit us hard. Um, again. Please don't do those two movies I just listed. <laughs> we will say no. Those are the only two we're going to say no. You come at us with those, and we'll be like, no, Jack, you, you should have read the fine print. Although it's not super fine when we're kind of yelling it at the top of our lungs. <laughs> it's pretty fine. Right. Um, but having said all of that, mm-hmm. Nathan, yeah? I guess I, uh, I have questions. About this movie? Yeah, a couple. Of this perfect cinematic experience? Yeah. I've only seen uh, better movies made by Tyler Perry. That's it. I don't know how you could have any questions about oh, this movie. Oh, boy. We went the whole episode. You had, to, you had to put that shit cherry on top at the end. Um, in a movie made by such an enterprise as Paul Entertainment. Right. Um, in which... I could just describe the plot. In which Gene Simmons uh, plays a hermaphrodite who wants to poison the water supply... Mm-hmm. And, I mean, John Stamos is a, maybe slightly more charismatic than Kurt Thomas. A little, maybe. And, I mean, in a movie where, I mean, he spends about five minutes not wanting to bone vanity. Unbelievable. Most most un- unrealistic part of the entire movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in a movie in which, you know... You feel so bad for the best friend that just wants to just wants to romance old uh, old Uncle Jesse, <laughs> and mm-hmm. in a movie with a twist that I am very angry that I didn't catch on with <laughs> <laughs> watching first the first around. time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in a movie that tried to start a James Bond franchise and failed in the most magical way. Yeah. I just gotta ask. What's that? What were they? No, no, no! I'm doing it! What were they thinking? Oh, get your tongue off the microphone. Gross. If I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Me and the boys are playing. And we just can't find the sound Just a few more hours And I'll be right home to you I think I hear them calling Oh Beth, what can I do? Beth, what can I do? You say you feel so empty that our house just ain't a home That I'm always somewhere else And you're always there alone Just a few more hours And I'll be right home to you I think I 
Tatling. It's time. Let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-life plot, holes are gratuitous movies. It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy at eilfm.podbean.com.